Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co., enjoying a fine glass of whiskey right next to me, along with my esteemed co-host, Matt Basinger, who is also enjoying a fine glass of Rieger's whiskey. Metaphorically. That's right. Uh, we are in the studios of Let It Fly Media, and as always, today's show is brought to you by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, a bank whose mission is to empower you to thrive, here to help you reach your business goals, creating your next business success story. Not your typical financial institution, nor do they want to be. A bank who thinks a little differently. They call it the Emprise Way. Uh, to talk about that real quick, I, I used to have my own intro for Emprise Bank, and their uh, compliance department didn't like it. So um, You promised people free money. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Well, it's not really free money. It was a joke. This one's better. The compliance people this aren't one's very better. joking around. So anyway. <laughs> Getting back to it, today's guest is Randy Powell. Randy, you have a, your hands on a lot of different things, so we're just going to kind of let you talk about the way that your story has evolved over time. Welcome to the show, Randy. Awesome to be with you. Learned new things already this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth the trip. That's good. R Randy, what do you do? Well, I uh, had many years uh, running a business in town, uh, the Marley Cooling business that was owned by a public company called SPX, and I left that a year and a half ago because Great I wanted to Great cooling go. towers, by the way. They're awesome cooling towers, yes. Best ones on the planet, and I'm glad you've experienced those. It was, uh, it was something you didn't now. know anything about before you go there, and then you know all kinds of things about them, and you notice them everywhere. So it was, a, it was an awesome experience, but I wanted to go out and do more. And so I thought I would leave and, and go start buying businesses of my own where I could try those things again that I'd experienced in a leadership nature there uh, in the small business front. In the meantime, opportunities came along to look at other uh, opportunities to lead businesses. And so I bought a business a year ago, Heartland Print and Design. That's a small business. It's down in Lewisburg. It's been there about 20 years, serves really uh, Miami County, South Johnson, that, that south area, south of Kansas City out mm -hmm. in the country. And then just a month ago, started a position as CEO with United Rotary Brush, which is another longtime Kansas City company uh, that had been through some ownership changes. And there was an opportunity came up to uh, to join them and and focus on some of those things that I like around leadership and culture and teamwork. And so I've got that going now, too. So uh, one of the things that you said that really piqued my interest was you said that you took a lot of the lessons that you learned throughout your career and really wanted to apply them, and even some of the negatives that you had learned, and really trying to ensure that you are avoiding those things in buying a business, running a business going forward. What are some of those negative experiences in the business world and life that you have learned that you take with you to say, whatever we do, we're not going to do it that way? Well, every business has a culture. It just may not be a good one. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, your people learn what matters most, and, and, and they orient their day to what matters most. And if what matters most becomes the numbers and making the month and making the week and making the quarter, and people don't matter, quality doesn't matter, other things take a back seat to we've got to hit this number, it, people orient their careers to that, to what it takes to survive and thrive. But it's not necessarily what builds the best business and the strongest business. And so what, you, what I've always experienced is that you want to build businesses that uh, one, yeah, you focus on the team. It's got to be a strong team that that uh, respects each other, trusts each other, encourages each other. Out of that comes creativity, innovation, the ability to do new things in new ways and go serve customers in new ways. And when you do all those things right and you serve the customer well, the numbers work themselves out. Mm -hmm. But if you just focus on short-term actions to make numbers, you, you generally end up with a, an unhealthy culture. 
Sure. I got to give you a little bit of background, right? So my, I was a high school guidance counselor, right? And so a lot of the things that I'd speak with, with, with high school students is they would say, Hey, I want to be a nurse or I want to be um, a doctor or I want to be a fire. Like they have, what, these, what, what, yeah, what yeah. would you say when a kid told you they wanted to r- run a boost factory? <laughs> I am getting there. No, no, was that inappropriate <laughs> at that time? <laughs> so what, what happened often though, is these students would come in and basically what they're saying is I want to help people. Right. Like I want to do something that has meaning. And I think particularly for younger folks who are entering kind of the workforce, there's this idea that you have to be incredibly passionate about the thing. They have to be incredibly and and very few high school students are incredibly passionate about rotary brushes. Right. Um, But what you're saying is that that there's this other level within business that like regardless of what the thing it is that we're producing, it's how we produce it and how we create a culture that makes folks want to love and be here. Um, and it's, it's this kind of meta view of what business can actually be. Uh, how do you do that? Right? Like why, why is that your passion and what are some ways that you have, um, helped develop people and corporations and teams to actually feel like a team? Well, you hit on something huge there, and I've experienced this a lot in interviewing folks over the years. Mm -hmm. They do want a sense of purpose, Mm -hmm. particularly people coming out of school now. uh, They want to know that where they get up and go every day makes a difference and matters. And, and that what you do matters. Yeah. How do you figure that out when it's a cooling tower? You know? yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but we did. I focused on that and said, hey, you know, what you do matters. Other than that, it's just busy work. So if we're building a cooling tower and it helps reduce energy costs at a power plant and your grandmother's energy bill is lower now, she thanks you for that. You may not directly connect all the lines that made that possible. Same thing at United Rotary. I've seen that, you know, really as I was looking at the opportunity to come in, what was you know, what was the purpose? Well, mm-hmm. if, you've, if you've got a family member or a friend that's landing at an airport and your brush swept that runway clean and made it safe, okay, you just impacted some lives. Or if you were part of uh, your kids are driving through those orange cones and, and those big brushes on that big equipment swept that dirt off of the road and made it safe for them to make their way home, you, you probably impacted some lives. So your, your product in some way touches people's lives and, and you need to go seek that out what you guys do impacts people's lives, and you found ways to build on that theme. And so here's why what we do matters. People want to be parts of your teams. I know I've talked to people that want to be parts of your teams, and that's really one of the, the foundational principles that you attract people with is here's why what we do makes a difference. And if you don't know that, you need to do a little soul searching <laughs> and figure out do you really want to be there and go find something where you do want to wake up every morning excited. So you started at United Rotary Brush a month ago, we're filming this in February. You started in January, correct? Right. So you're a improvement person. I mean, it's clear we've already seen that. You like to put your thumbprint on things. You're not just a step into it and run it the way it's always been, but really try to make a difference. What was that thing at United Rotary Brush that you were like, you know what, this is one of the big things that I want to focus on? Because already a great company. But what was the thing that you looked at and you saw the real opportunity? How did you evaluate that when taking that position? Well, when I was speaking with the board, what it sounded like they were seeking were the things that I enjoy doing. And and so I, I didn't want to be in a place where it's just cost cutting and shrinking and, and how do you squeeze another nickel out? It was more, you know, are you set up and poised for growth? And can you invest in a team and invest in a culture and get people excited? This business had been for sale for a number of years, you know, probably for three or four years. And when you're in that environment, sometimes folks 
lose their way. Like I say, everybody gravitates towards what's matter what matters most. And if what matters most is not spending much money and getting this thing sold, <laughs> you know, people orient their lives to that. And you, you kind of hunker down and just get in survival mode. And you're not really focused on being innovative and creative and, and inspiring each other to go do big things. You just kind of just hunker down in your shell and dodge the bullets and hope that <laughs> you're not in the next cost cut. So having a chance to take an organization and lead them back out of that and get them excited about the future and about growth and innovation and doing new things in new ways, that was pretty compelling. Randy, uh, take me back a couple of years before you were buying businesses, right? Like how did you, I mean, what did you, how did you start your career and kind of what did that progress look like as you got from where you started to where you are now? I started in accounting. Okay. And everybody hears that and thinks I must have been really lousy at it. Or <laughs> <laughs> really good at any accountant. And so I, um, I did spend a lot of my career in accounting and was recruited here when SPX bought that Marley business to come okay. into accounting. And so that was, uh, that was what brought me to Marley. Uh, but one of the things that I did throughout my accounting career uh, and I, when people ask me, you know, really, what's what's the key to success in any job? It's do more than your job. And so I never really liked to just sit at my desk and do spreadsheets. I wanted to go out in the factory and walk around and see how we made things. And I wanted to go out to construction sites and see how we built things because I always felt like, well, I can account for this better if I understand it. I don't want to just sit in the office and, and look at my computer. That's boring. And so by going out and doing those other things, I actually learned a lot more about the business that opened up doors then. Mm -hmm. It's a strange thing to say, and I couldn't agree with you more as far as this idea of the best way to do your job is to do more than your job. But I, I feel like that can be very easily lost in translation if you're talking to folks who, who maybe don't come from uh, a work environment where they actually enjoyed what they were doing and enjoyed the folks they were looking alongside. And so as you're creating a culture and training people and hiring people and you're saying, hey, basically our expectation is you do more than your job. Like, how do you frame that and how do you get people on board with that? You need to want to do more than your job, not that yeah. your boss made you do more than your job because that feels kind of punitive. But, but yeah. if you feel engaged about where you're going and what you're doing every day, you're going to want to know more. And if you're focused on just how can I create value in this company and people's lives are about me in this community – I don't think you want to just sit back and just do your thing, what you were paid for for eight hours. You want to know more and you want to understand more. And so I always tell people, and I've coached a lot of people, hey, the best thing for you to do would be to go get a different job sure. <laughs> than this job, not just to stay trapped in something where you wake up every day and come in and just do your eight hours and you hated it and it was a death march. Why do that to yourself? Yeah. Life's not long enough to be miserable any days. So if you're not geeked out about this and excited and saying, well, I want to understand all we're doing and how I can make a difference and what folks around me are doing, then go find a place that gets you excited about that. You owe it to yourself to do that, not yeah. to just wake up every morning and say, dang, I got to go do this again, but to be excited about it. Sure. Well, one question I have about buying your own business or buying an existing business and improving it, working, figuring it out, et cetera, falling in love, the passion, as you just described. People buying their own businesses is something that everyone always talks about that they want to do someday. When you are looking at buying a business from a financial side, do you look at things that you can afford to buy the business with your own personal money? Do you have a group of investors that always say, Randy, whatever you're doing, we're in to help you do it? Do you have a preferred banking partner that always says, 
maybe 50% of the purchase price will always give you, Randy. You come up with 50% and that's yours, that's investors. Sort of what does that financial package look like whenever you're considering buying a new business? I'm still learning that as I go. (laughs) Everything I had done in acquisitions, you know, prior to a year and a half ago was, you know, corporate level where you had big teams around you. And so you'd create a relationship with someone and think, okay, it'd be nice to buy this business, but you've got a legal team and an HR team and a finance team and all this due diligence team. And so when I jumped out and I I told people, really, I jumped out of the plane with a roll of cloth and a needle and thread, and I was going to sew the parachute while I fall. (laughs) You're figuring this stuff out as you go. And so that first deal I did, you find out that you're a team of one and you learn all the things that you don't know when you're in a big organization. All those things that the lawyers and the HR people and the accountants were were doing, you find out that, wow, those people were really smart. They were doing some (laughs) cool stuff and I don't know what I'm doing now. (laughs) So a lot of it was just, you know, figuring those things out as you go. It was cool to do a deal and get through it and learn all of those things. I remember the first day we closed and I walked in there and the people said, when are uh, are you going to do payroll? And I'm like, I've never done payroll in my life. Money just comes in my bank. I don't know how it gets there. So you had to go learn how to set up payroll systems and things like that and make all that stuff happen. And so um, going forward, you know, there's a combination of, of opportunities, both people that have said, hey, if you find something good, I'll invest in it with you or things that might fit in the wheelhouse of what I can do myself. I'm, I'm kind of open to either sure. as I look at things that come along. That's awesome. So future facing, um, I mean, is the goal to continue to acquire more businesses and continue to kind of grow um, in these these processes and systems and create cultures? Is do you want to focus on the couple that you have now? Like, what is is there a five year or a ten year plan for you personally? It's to buy more. I mean, my goal when I was leaving and going out to do this was I wanted to create opportunities for people. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't think I'm good at much, but I think I can create opportunities for people and go buy businesses and set people up in them and help build a team and, and maybe have an impact on their life. And so I thought that's really, if you want to transform a community, you create jobs. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go in any part of this town where people lack opportunity and you want to create opportunity, create jobs. Because from jobs comes home ownership, schools, sure. health care, all of those things come from opportunity. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've had a lot of these uh, talks over the years where, you know, you don't police prosperity. You, know, you, you grow prosperity. And you think about how America was settled first person in town wasn't the sheriff. It was the person that came in and found a gold mine or set up a a cotton mill or a a feed mill or something on the edge of a river. So opportunity comes from creating jobs. And then all of our community around that then becomes homes and healthcare and schools and and all of the things that come and make a community really vibrant and healthy. And so if I can do anything to transform Kansas City, it's to how can I create jobs? Sure. I love that. We could keep talking about more things, but we're not going to because this podcast is about being brief. But I do have one more question. What is the coolest thing that you have ever done? You cannot say getting married or kids or the cop-out answers. This has to be like... I know you guys always some, say that, and someone always wild. says kids, really, anyways. And then, but, yeah, uh, and then you we, can do we, something we, with, you did something with a kid, yeah, is yeah. acceptable <laughs> answer, but, yeah. you know, seeing your child born, not the answer. No, <laughs> it's, okay, so I'll stay away from that. Yeah, it's it's usually anything that I did stupid and didn't die from. I think, well, that was really the coolest yeah, thing. So tell us those. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, so, one, tell yeah. me one of those things. Like, uh, yeah, if I just go skiing and don't kill myself, it's like, wow, that was a good trip. So when you said earlier that you jumped out of a plane with cloth needle, that was an actual 
literal story. You made a parachute on the way down. Is that not exactly? <laughs> but I've done things like that. You know, I think uh, I think you know probably um, uh, I went and took a two day class at at uh, Johnson County on motorcycle safety, and okay. they said, okay, you should go buy a motorcycle and go. Um, and go to a school parking lot and practice. I went over and bought a Harley and drove to Sturgis. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to yes. practice at a school parking lot. Uh, I, that's the parachute. It's either I'm going to get better, or I'm going to get dead, or one or yeah. the other. <laughs> but, but I'm just going to go ride. And yeah. so I did like you know five thousand miles in the next week on uh, that Harley with two days of training. You were and an so expert that, at that point in time. Now I look back and I think, boy, that was really stupid. But yeah. I lived through it. Hey, it was you're awesome. Here. Yeah. You're here. Well. Well, Randy, on behalf of Emprise Bank, thank you so much for being here and spending time and, and staring, sharing stories with us. We wish you continued success as you continue to build and nourish and develop new companies and look forward to see what you do here in Kansas City. That's awesome. Great to spend time with you. Thanks, Randy. Thanks.